0: Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media, at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. Come on somebody, give God a hand clap right there. God is so good. Come on, put an amen on that. God is so good. Come on, I'm excited to be with you this morning. You can go ahead and sit down. I'll, I'll call you to stand up in just a second. But I'm Pastor Lou. I'm the Fulton Campus Pastor, and it's my honor just to be with you this morning on our, uh, what, what is it, the 22nd? The 22nd days, I mean, so PT said two weeks. Two weeks we've been doing the fast. Come on, give yourself a pat on the back because I, I don't want anybody saying no one's, no one's patting me on the back. No one's encouraging me. Come on, congratulations for completing two weeks on the fast. It's, it's something that we do at the beginning of the year all the time just as uh, to set up our year and to believe God for big things in 2021. I know you all are believing God for big things. Are you guys believing for God for big things? I know you are. Come on, if you're in the comments, I know you guys are believing for big things. Tell us what you're believing for. Put it on the comments. Come on, put it on. We want to know what you're believing for, but uh, we're believing for some big things Uh, in 2021 and this is how we start we start with the fast setting aside the first part of the year so that we can seek the face of God and so that he can bless bless everything else in these next months because we need a blessed 2021 amen amen you might be wondering why I'm up here Uh, I'm here to deliver the message if you haven't figured it out come on and I'm super excited because we're on the series called the rebuilt life and what an awesome series it has been, that Pastor Josiah has, has brought, and I'm looking forward to just continuing, continuing that, um, you know, and, and just being able just to deliver something just to add value to you as you leave today and add value to the series as it's going on. But, uh, but even before I go on uh, into the message or get started, I just want to honor our pastors. They're just amazing, uh, Pastor Josiah and Pastor Marie. We love them. We pray for them. Um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, God's placed them over our lives and, um, over Freedom House to lead us in this time. So they definitely need our prayers. Uh, I do want to mention, since Pastor Josiah did put it up on social media, right now, one of the reasons that I'm here and and he's not is because he did lose his father this past week, so uh, he's taking care of family business, but I say that to you so that you can keep your pastor in prayer and his family, that the peace of God just be there uh, for them. As a matter of fact, let's just pray right now. Father in heaven, we lift up our pastors. Our pastors, Father God, may you bring the peace of God in this time where the where the family is is dealing with the loss, Lord Jesus. May you comfort them by the Holy Spirit, and we lift them up to you in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, so continue to pray for them. Continue to pray for them. That's what's going on in his family. As, Like I said, he put it on social media, so I'm not sharing anything that, that he didn't want me to share. It's there, and uh, just c- continue to keep him in prayer. So let's honor our pastors in that. But we do have some amazing pastors that you know. Pastor Simon, Pastor Maria, are amazing. They've been leading us great through the last year and, the, and through the beginning of this year also want to honor my wife because honor honor is something the reason why we start with honor because it's a core value of freedom house here we believe honor just opens up things that nothing else can so i want to honor my family i want to honor my wife come on she's in the front row right here she's always encouraging me my children are serving all of them if you get a coffee in the cafe if you're in the building they'll get you a coffee if you ever come down online if you're in the area come down go to the cafe you can meet my daughter she's over there my sons they're ushering around here so uh, if you see them and, and they're flashing their lights trying to get you to your seats, come on, that, that's probably one of them. And, uh, you know, but, but me, I'm up here, I represent them. What I represent with my family is just our conviction and our passion to want to uh, serve the house of God and believe God for people, uh, you know, for God to move on behalf of people's life. That's what I represent. I, I represent all that when I'm up here. So it's not just me. I don't do this by myself. So I honor them and I honor you just for being here and uh, really because you being here speaks loudly about how you want to grow in your walk with God and how you value your relationship with him and saying that, man, I want to be better as a believer, as a person, as, as, as a, a son, a daughter, a husband, a wife. That's what you're saying. So I honor you too. It's a, it's a big thing when you set aside time to do that and and you're doing that so so i honor you guys come on give yourselves a a round of applause as well but today we're talking about the rebuilt life and i'm super excited because when pastor first started the the rebuilt life series he he uh he he talked talked about how repentance brings revival that was at the end there was so much that he talked about that's one of the things that just stuck out to me the most and then pastor marie came up here and then she talked about um freedom from soul ties and how God wants us to, to re, God wants to rebuild the ruins in our life, and, and the way to do that is to bring freedom from soul ties. And man, she said so much, I took so much notes, I hope you did too. If you didn't, you know go back and just watch the last message last Sunday and the last couple of messages. But today, today I'm excited because I'm going to talk to you about how God has chosen you to rebuild. I'm going to say it again, God has chosen you to rebuild. You're watching online, God has chosen you to rebuild and how you can rebuild too. Now there's so many ways that you can rebuild, but I'm gonna focus on this one area of rebuilding. This one area, I'm not gonna let it loose right now, but I'm gonna focus on this one area of rebuilding that you can do it by being a part of it or, or what have you. But there's so many ways that you can rebuild, but I'm gonna focus on this one area. And then uh, if you wanna find out about more about rebuilding, come talk to me, come talk to one of our, our leads or directors and we can help lead you in, in that. So the Rebuilt Life, the series, it's surrounded around the book of Nehemiah. The word of the year is rebuild, restore, revive. Say it with me. Rebuild, restore, revive, but all centered around the book of Nehemiah, because this is the word that God gave to the man of God that's leading us in this time, our lead pastor, Pastor Psy, to release to this house for the word of the year. So we're talking about Nehemiah, and Nehemiah is, as many of you know, because we've been going through the series, we've been going through the book, we've been going through the devotionals. He was he was a, he was he was a man who he caught a burden. Um, because he, you know, he 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 got some news about uh, the city of Jerusalem where his his people, his brethren were, and and he was checking up to see how they're doing. And, and the news that he got was that the city was 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 in ruins. The walls were broken down, and the gates were broken down. It was just in ruins, and it just burdened his heart. Nehemiah was not a pastor. He was not a a, a preacher. He was not a a, a, a leader. He was a, a person who was. Uh, working in the palace of a king as a servant to him as the cupbearer, that was his position but he had this burden he had this burden Nehemiah could have been the, the barista at, at, at Starbucks come on somebody he could have been the person at, at the, at the drive-thru at In-N-Out you better not be going In-N-Out nah I'm just teasing <laughs> you know he could have been that person but he could have been any one of you any one of you that's who Nehemiah was and he caught a burden a burden for his people because that's where that's where it started when you look at the book you read it started with a a burden for his people and the assignment was to rebuild the walls to help his people so we talk about the walls and rebuilding but it wasn't about the walls as pastor obit said at a revival night didn't we have an awesome revival night it was about the people so it was about the people and and he decided, I'm going to take this burden to God and I'm going to pray. And his prayer was, was, in my opinion, was very profound because his prayer, he didn't come to God with his position. You know, he said, he, he. when I looked at his prayer, one of the things that we can learn from it is, I didn't put this in my notes, but I'm, I'm going to talk to you about it. One of the things that we can learn from his prayer that he came to God in his prayer as a servant. In the beginning of prayer, he says, "I am a, I am your servant." And then at the end of his prayer, he says, "I am your servant." And then it wasn't until after he says, you know, he finishes the prayer, like when we say in Jesus' name, Amen. He, he finishes and he says, "And I was the king's cupbearer." Then he states his position, but he never states it to God. And I think that's something for us to to remember because there is a when we rebuild, there is a certain position that we need to rebuild from. Not a position of, I'm the boss, I'm the managing, I'm the, the CEO, the COO, I'm the one overseeing all these companies, or I'm, I'm the husband, I'm the man of the house, that's who I am, God, or, or I'm the wife, why is he treating me like that? God, no, no, no. We come from a position of, God, I'm your servant, so I come to you with my prayer. That's how we rebuild. We rebuild through the position of, of servanthood, and humility, because that's what that that was. Now that's not my message, <laughs> but that's something that we can learn. And I believe that's how we start to rebuild. So, as we jump into it, we're going to get into the scriptures right here, and I'm going to cover some stuff that I believe is going to help us all together. Our posture of rebuilding is that of humility and serving, and that's what Nehemiah's posture was. Now. At this time, I'm going to read the Scriptures to you, and as a custom to our house, in honor of God, the reading of God's Word, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet, and I'm going to be reading out of Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 1 through 4, so you can follow along on the screens, or with your note sheets. If you don't have a note sheet, you're in here, go ahead and uh, raise your hand, they'll get you one if they happen to miss you. Or if you're online and our online team has not put it up there, just type in there, put up the notes. <laughs> But here, this is how it reads. It reads, now it happened when Sanballat, or Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall and there were no breaks left in it, though at the time it had not hung the doors and the gates. Then Sanballat and Geshem sent to me saying, come, let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono, but they thought to do me harm. Verse three, so I sent messages to them saying, I am doing a great work. Somebody say that, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease? Why I leave it and go down to you? But they sent me this message four times and I answered them in the same manner. I, uh, in the same manner in Jesus' name, let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for what you're gonna do today, Lord what you already started Lord in 2021 father you've given us a word to rebuild restore revive I pray that the word that comes out Lord today Lord may not be my words but your words not my thoughts but your thoughts use me I'm your vessel and I'm your tool and may your word not return void may it fall on the hearts of your people May it fall on the the soft soil of their hearts may it take root and manifest in their life and just add value to who they are as sons and daughters of God, believers in Christ, disciples, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody says, amen. Come on, the title of my message is called, I Am a Builder. I Am a Builder. Go ahead and tell your neighbor, I Am a Builder. Tell your second choice neighbor, I Am a Builder. Find a third neighbor, say, I Am a Builder. (laughs) I got to make sure that you guys get that. Because you are a builder. How many likes building things though? Y'all like, some people say, someone say, yeah. Some people raise their hands. I like building things too. Typically things that are prefabricated though. So what does that mean? Things that are, the pieces are already kind of like put together. And I just got to, uh, you know, get, get a, some screws and put them together. the, the Ikea type of things, right? <laughs> Those type of things where you can just piece them together. I've never been one to build from scratch. Uh, i 've never had that talent. Uh, I know a lot of guys like that. I have a couple 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 guys in the church that I know man you can give them something and they can build some good stuff and 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 they 're amazing at it. Um, you know people who can really build from scratch, which is pretty cool, which is pretty neat but me. I've never been like that, but I do know how to follow instructions. I'm really good at that. I'm not one of those guys that say, "Give me those instructions and crumble them and throw them away." No, I read the instructions. I don't want to skip any steps. I'm not the guy that you're going to find extra screws on what I'm building. Like, what's this? No, 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 no. I'm not that type of guy. And and I but but. I remember one time building something last year in 2020. Ugh, I know I brought up the word 2020. You're like, ugh, you all scowling at me now. Why do you say that? <laughs> but 2020 came around last year. News came out and uh, we're dealing with just schooling and how that's going to take place. But news came out, man, everybody's going to go at at-home schooling. You all remember that? Parents remember that. I know you do because it just turned your whole world upside down even that much more. Man, that the kids are going to be at homeschooling. And what we wanted to do when that took place, when, when, when it was like the, this is what, what's being done in the school, man, we, we said, well, we want to help our children you know, prosper. We want to help our children thrive in this time because it's, it's hard enough. they don't they're not in school with their friends and stuff like that but they're not learning from the teacher not able to 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 get that interaction and learn in that manner it's hard enough so that now now we want to make sure that we can help in this time to help them prosper To help help them do well. So we decided, man, we need to or we need to set up an area that is a study area that they have a desk in so that they can have a place to focus and place to succeed in this online schooling or at home schooling. And at that time, my wife came up with a great idea. I said, We need to create this space and we need to get desks. Put in the budget to get desks. So I was like, all right, we put in the budget, we go, we go to to looking she goes looking for desks she actually did go to ikea but there was no desks i don't know if you guys were caught up in that or not parents or you can identify but all the desks were sold out because other parents were thinking the same thing i got to transform my living room or or the den or some area of space where i have a desk so that kids can my kids can prosper and so they went out buying all these desks so there weren't no desks so my wife got creative so she pieced together like a, a, some tables a chair some things to 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 look uh, to make a desk, and she brought it home, and I had to re- how to build it. So I'm putting this thing together, and I'm following the instructions. I'm doing it, you know, and, and it's it's looking like a mess in the beginning, but at the end, it looked good. I was like, man, this is cool. We did something here. It looked great. You know, my wife even gave me a shout out on IG. She took a picture and uh, she's, uh, kids, you know, I don't know what she said on the post, but you know, the, the school space for my kids or, or what have you, people commented on her thing and said, oh man, that looks awesome. That looks great. People, friends came over. I'm oh, well, that looks good. I uh, mean, I felt good about myself because I was a part of it. It looked great. It was a great work. But in the process of it all, the mess, you know, there's the, uh, the mess of it all, putting it together, uh, I can say that that it didn't look great because I'm gonna share this with you and this might open some eyes for you. A great work never looks great when you're doing the work. But at the end, it did. I was like, man, this is so cool. Now, Nehemiah Nehemiah was working on the wall. We read the wall, the theme scripture of our rebuild, restore, revive is, is I'm doing a great work, I cannot come down. I cannot come down. He had a burden to do this work. In the middle of his work, it didn't look great, and he was actually having people coming against him, which wasn't great, but it was a great work nonetheless. The reason he was doing the work, though, was because he had the burden. The burden because he wanted to see his people prosper. He wanted to see his people succeed. You know, his brothers and sisters, his friends, his family. The reason I was doing the desk because I wanted to see my family, my children succeed. I wanted to see them prosper. There was a burden on there, and I was chosen for it. Whether it be that by default, (laughs) because I'm the dad or because my wife was pointing at me, is you're you're chosen to to build this, so you're you're building it. Nehemiah was also chosen. He was chosen by the burden. He was chosen by God because God gave it to him to build the walls. And I believe today, as we are in the year of rebuild, restore, revive, that God has chosen you to rebuild as well, to build. There is no mistake about it. If you call Freedom House your home and you tie yourself to to, to the word of the year, then you are chosen to build. As a matter of fact, as a general mandate, God has chosen us all to build. So this brings me to my first point. God chose me to rebuild. God chose me to rebuild. Matthew chapter 16, verse 15 through 19 says, but what about you? He asked, now this is Jesus. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now in this particular piece of scripture, we see Jesus talking to Simon directly now. After he was talking to a group of his his disciples, like who do you say I am? But uh, But Peter's the one who answers him and he speaks to him directly. And Jesus speaks to him and tells him, okay, you got the answer right. So I'm going to give you further instruction. I'm going to tell you what to do next. Now, before he tells him what to do next, he identifies Peter and says, Peter, you, you no longer are Simon of Barjona. you are Peter. Now, if you look in the previous scriptures, how many times Peter is mentioned, a lot of the, the scripture uh, or all of this, uh, the references there to Peter says, Simon, who was called Peter. You'll find them together, but in this instance, you don't read Simon who is called Peter. Jesus tells him, you are Peter. You are Peter. Now, names are very important in the Bible because in the Bible names express purpose. Names express identity. Names expressed destiny. So there was a, a great significance to Jesus telling Peter, saying, you are Peter. Now, he, There's 16 chapters here where we get to where Jesus calls him Peter, says, you are Peter. This is how I want you to identify. In the previous chapters, he didn't get to that yet, but in in chapter 16, he does, why? Because Peter had a revelation. Peter had something, had caught something that nobody else had caught. Peter answered Jesus and said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Now, this is important because when you have a revelation of who Jesus is, he will reveal, you, will get, you will reveal the purpose of who you are. Amen. When you have a revelation of who Jesus is, you will reveal the purpose of who you are. Now, he realized, Peter, that he is the Messiah, the son of the living God. And because of that, he revealed the purpose and what to do next. Now, before I go on to the purpose, I want us all to identify with Peter in this moment because uh, especially those who are are believers, who have accepted Christ into the life, who said the prayer, Jesus, come into my heart. I I want a relationship with you. I'm walking away from my old ways and I'm stepping into the new. When you said that prayer, that was you saying, Jesus, I have a revelation of who you are in my life. Jesus, I know who I am in you and I want to be that person in my life. Jesus, I don't want to be my old self, I want to be my new self. (laughs) Jesus, I want to go forward following you, doing everything you've called me to, walking in purpose for you. If you said that prayer, Then you were in the same position and you answered Jesus just as Peter answers as he being the Messiah, the son of the living God, our king, our Lord, and our savior. And at that moment, your identity and your purpose changed. No longer were you confused about it or maybe you didn't even know about it no longer. Were were you thinking that I'm, I'm my old self, but now you were your new self. So Peter came into this and he, and he said, this is who you are, Jesus. And then Jesus tells him, upon this rock, I will build my church. And I find that very, very interesting and very, very empowering for all of us that when he came to the revelation that the purpose that he gave him was to build his church. And I believe, because we believe the scriptures as being eternal, that when we come to the revelation, though we may not be given it all in that moment, your identity and your purpose is to build his church. You are a builder and you have been chosen to rebuild in this time in 2021. Say this I am a builder. God has chosen you to build. The first thing when Peter got the revelation was build my church. When you got the revelation, that purpose that's on your life of building his church came on you like that in the snap of a finger. Build my church. Now this reminded me of Pastor Obed When he spoke on the revival night, he said there's three ways of thinking that we need to be thinking in order for us to fulfill our purpose. Number one, theologically. We have to understand that we are fallen humans, helping other fallen humans. Number two, providentially, knowing that God placed us in this time in 2020 to go through 2020 and get to 2021. And number three, when we can come to terms or, or understand our lives theologically and, 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 and know our, our lives providentially, that we will then live purposefully, that we will come to the revelation of that, that God has called us to rebuild and to build up others and to help build the church and not just to sit back and relax and just watch it be built, but to be a part of it. And I love that Jesus, when he gave, he gave Peter this new pur- purpose, that, that Peter understood those things. He understood, the, as he got that revelation, that things shifted for him theologically, that, that, yeah, I'm here to help people. Yeah, God placed me in this time to be Jesus' disciple. So now I got my purpose and it's being confirmed through Jesus in front of me. Now you got your purpose and it's being confirmed through the word that's in front of you, through the word on your Bible app, through the word that's on your coffee table, through the word that you have on the side table that you ha- by your bed. It's confirmed through that. When you have a revelation of who Jesus is, you reveal the purpose of who you are. And I love that when he, when he gives them this purpose, then he goes on to say that not even the gates of hell, the gates of Haiti, the gates of hell will stand against you, which tells me that when you build the church, that you have the protection of God on your life because you are building the church, because you are building the church. How many of y'all pray for protection? Come on, I'm always praying for protection. I'm praying for the angels to come down. But one of the ways to get sure uh, to get protection as well is to build the church because not even the gates of hell can come against it. God uses His people to build the church, so He's not going to hang you out to dry, to 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 leave you just to have the, the enemy to have free reign on you. God is our our protection. God is our provider. And and not only is God our provider, but as you build God's house, God will build your house. You've heard that spoken many times. And I I could testify to that all all day, all night, but I only got 10 minutes and 30 seconds left in this message and I can't do that right now. So that means I gotta move on. Say, I'm a builder. Type, I'm a builder in the, con- the comment section right there. I want you guys just grasping onto this message. God chose me to rebuild. Point number two, I rebuild through relationships. I rebuild through relationships. And this is the main way. There's different ways that you can rebuild, but I'm focusing on relationships. Why? Because God created us to have relationship. You were never created to be alone. You were never created to do life alone. You were never created just to come into church and dart out as quick as you possibly can so the greeter doesn't say hi to me or nobody say hi to me and I just go home and I'm, in, I'm by myself. You're never created just to be online forever. If you're just using that excuse just to stay home so you don't have to be around people uh, uh, to, to, so they don't talk to you, I get it if, if you're doing it uh, for, for reasons uh, for, for what's going on in this time, but if you're doing it because, man, I just don't like being around people because I don't like people talking to me, then, then God didn't create you to be alone just for that. He created you for relationship. God wants us to have relationship with one another and to do life together. That's what God wants us to do. Acts chapter two, verse 42 to 43 says, they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. This is the early church. They devoted themselves to teaching and fellowship, breaking of bread and prayer, The teaching we got, the prayer we got, the fellowship and breaking the bread sometimes is a little bit tough because what does that speak of is relationship. But this is what they devoted themselves to. This was the early church, and this is how the church was built. This is how the church is built today too as well. The method and how we do it may look different from how they did it. And back then, there was a hard time, it was a hard season, they were being persecuted and it was challenging. And today, it's a hard time, it's a hard season, and some of us are probably being persecuted, and it is challenging. What's the difference? There is no difference. We incorporate building through relationships, and guess what? We're going to see each other be built up. We're going to see the church be built up. This is how we build through relationships. So what's the method that we use at Freedom House? We call that connect groups. Connect groups is how we build relationships. Connect groups are a place that we as believers cultivate our relationships so that we can grow in unity and faith together. Connect groups is a place where Proverbs 27, 17 says, I- iron sharpens iron so one person sharpens another. You need relationships to sharpen you, to make you better. You will not be made better solely by yourself. You will reach a certain capacity level, then you'll never get past it. You will leave a cap on how how much better God wants to make you if you do not have relationships. You need relationships to remove the cap on your life so that you can become better as a man of God and as a woman of God and as a disciple of Christ and as a builder in the house of God. Can I get it? amen? So we have connect groups. Now I said there's different ways in which you can, you can build, but I'm focused on relationships. If you wanna know the, the, the three categories of, of building, here they are, they are uh, time, talent, and treasure. I think treasure, you understand what that is, your resource, talent, your serving, but, but, and time as well as a part of serving can, can do that. But when it comes to connect groups, the bucket that comes out of that is your time. I know some of you may be thinking like, man, well, I don't have time for connect groups. (laughs) I know it's hard, but I want to challenge that thought or I want you to challenge that thought. I'm not going to challenge that thought. Don't just allow that to be an excuse that I don't have time. And the reason I say that because it might just very well be a distraction more than than an excuse. And I'm going to talk about distractions in a little bit. Connect groups, connect groups, is how we do relationships, but even before connect groups, because I could talk about connect groups and Pastor Pastor Louis is like, all right, I can get to connect group, not a problem. But before we need connect groups, we need connect group hosts. Hosts, you don't have hosts, people hosting the connect groups, then you you don't have connect groups. We have people, we need people as a church, holistically, no matter what church you go to, every church needs this, you need people who are willing to take on the burden as Nehemiah did, to help see their people prosper and thrive. Yeah. To take on the burden like, man, all right, we're coming out of 2020, going into 2021. I want to rebuild the church. I want to help rebuild the church. You know, one of the ways I could do it, man, I, I, can, I can host a connect group. I feel comfortable enough to have it in my home so that I can, I can, I can invite some people. I, have, I feel comfortable doing a, the, a hiking connect group. I feel comfortable enough to take people to the park and, and just gather around there. Or maybe you don't want to do that, but you you don't feel comfortable enough to be around people because of what's going on, but you have, you're comfortable enough to say, you know what, I'm going to host a zoom connect group. I know nobody wants to be on zoom, but Zoom's a very uh, useful tool in the connection and building relationship. And maybe you could do something like that. Maybe you could be a part and building that way. I know this sounds like a long commercial for connect groups, but. You have to know as I speak about connect groups, I'm speaking about relationships and building the church. So as I speak and you, and, and you got that mind, that, that thought in your mind like, man, I don't have time. Connect groups can be anywhere from 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour or two, whatever you decide. It's powerful no matter what you do. But that's how we build relationships. Again, I, want, I don't want to necessarily challenge you. I want you to challenge, uh, I want to encourage you to challenge yourself and challenge your thought like, man, I don't know if I can do that. There may be many reasons to not host a connector, but the most important reasons to consider hosting one is because God has called you to rebuild. You are a builder. Go ahead and say, I am a builder. I rebuild through relationships. Let's get to point number three. I'm gonna go th- quick through it and I might go a few minutes over, uh, but, but I know you guys are, are, are you're gonna give me grace and you're like, man, I'm gonna take notes on this. It's gonna be good. Rebuild with focus. So you know you're a builder. You know that, you can, that we rebuild through relationships and there's other ways that you can rebuild as well, but you know you're a builder. You know how to rebuild, the direction to rebuild because I've just given you some direction. Now we gotta know we gotta rebuild with focus. Let me read the scriptures to you again in Nehemiah 6, 1 through 4. Now it happened with, San, with Sanballat, Tobiah, Gresham, and, and the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall and that there were no breaks left in it. Though at the time it had not hung the doors in the gates, then Sanballat and Gresham uh, uh, sent to me saying, Come, let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me harm. So I sent messengers to them saying, I'm doing a great work. Somebody say, I'm doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? But they sent me this message four times and I answered them in the same manner. So I got some sub points for you, be ready to take these down. Some sub point eight, how do I build with fo- focus? Build with discernment. Nehemiah was focused. Nehemiah had, had, had his focus on what he was doing, but I want you to understand Freedom House, as, we are call, as God has called you to build, And rebuild your focus is going to be needed but just because your focus doesn't mean you will not have distractions as a matter of fact because you are focused on a work what type of work a great work what type of work because you are focused on a great work the distractions are going to be attracted to you so you have to discern with yourselves when the distractions come Is this something to come down off the wall for? Is this something that I even need to pay attention to? Is this something that I even need to to give uh, a piece of my time to? Because distractions are attracted to your great work. Just because you are building something great doesn't mean that distractions are going to stay away. On the contrary, because of what you're building, the distractions are gonna be attracted to you even that much more. Why? Because what makes a great work? When I was building the desk, was it great because it looked good in a picture? No. Was when, when Nehemiah was building the walls, was it great because Nehemiah had some magnificent walls? No. It was great. What made the work great was the purpose that was behind it. The pur- purpose behind the desk that I was making was so that I could see my kids prosper. The purpose behind the walls being built was so that Nehemiah can see his people prosper. The purpose behind your great work when you build in the church, build the church, is so that you can see the people of a God prosper. That's why the distractions come. The enemy wants you distracted so you're not building and seeing people prosper and grow, be built and and healed. We're building hope. We're building purpose. We're building a place of refuge, a place of salvation. We are rebuilding, restoring, reviving what the enemy and the devil tried to take away or may have taken away. And in this year, in 2021, as we rebuild, restore, revive, we're gonna bring back what the devil took away and we're gonna bring it back seven times over because there's a people at Freedom House Church of people called by God's Jesus' name to, to build, restore, revive, and see people prosper because of the purpose behind the work that they're putting in. There's a purpose behind your work. Romans eight twenty eight says this. It says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose called according to his purpose you have purpose and right now I've been saying and I've been talking about rebuilding the church and I've been asking you to look at building the church and I haven't and I haven't really asked you to reflect inside looking at yourself but there is a I'm asking you now there is a purpose within you a purpose that God wants to unlock a purpose that's there that never left no matter what went on last year or even two years ago or three years ago a purpose that's always been there and god wants to bring that out of you because there is a purpose in you that means and tells me that you are a great work when god looks at you as he puts his hands to, on you, on your heart, as he shapes you and chisels away at the things that don't belong. And he and, and cuts away at the things that should have never been there and uproots the things that, that try to dig deep and, and, and try to, 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 to cause you to, to stumble and cause you to, to go on the wrong trajectory of where God wanted to take you in your life. He says, that's my great work that's my great work you are a great work Freedom House you are a great work that's what God sees you because there's a purpose on you subpoint point B remember the purpose behind your work that is how to build with focus remember the purpose behind your work Nehemiah remembered his purpose that's why he didn't come down He didn't come down because he thought it was a long walk down off the wall. I gotta climb these these steps. Then I gotta go with them because they wanted me to go to Ono, the, the land of Ono or the Valley of Ono. And so that's gonna be a little walk a few miles away or what have you. He didn't weigh those things. The first thing he weighed was the purpose behind it. I can't come down from this great work. There's purpose behind it. I can't come down from rebuilding the church. There's purpose behind it. I can't come down from rebuilding through relationships. There's purpose behind it. I can't come down from hosting a connect group, there's purpose behind it. I can't come down from attending the connect group, there's purpose behind it. I can't come down from volunteering in the kids church, there's purpose behind it. I can't come down from <laughs> ushering in, in that auditorium, there's purpose behind it. I can't come down from being a part of the production team, there's purpose behind it. I can't come down from leading people into the parking lot, there's purpose behind it. Remember the purpose behind your work, Nehemiah did. And so should we, as we rebuild. How to rebuild with focus, sub point C, have the same answer for whenever distractions come your way. Because what did I say? Attraction, uh, distractions are attracted to the great work that you're doing have the same answer every single time for whenever distractions come your way because they will come we read in those scriptures that they came four times four different messages you think just because you say no one time distractions aren't going to come anymore or do you or do you let me say it like this do you even think that because you say no one time to the same thing that same thing's not going to come around anymore That old boyfriend's not going to come around anymore. That old girlfriend's not going to come around anymore. Do you think just because you said, no, you got to say it over and over and be resolute within your mind and say, no, you are a distraction. I'm working on a great work. I'm building the church and I'm a great work myself because God's working on me. (laughs) Nehemiah, four times, four times, a messenger came but I didn't add the 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 fifth fifth uh, verse because in the fifth verse it says that the enemy enemy came even a fifth time and in this fifth time he came with an open letter it was open he didn't just give it to him because before it was a messenger who brought the message to him but this time they brought an open letter to speak it to him so he read off the accusations, because that's what the enemy did to Nehemiah, he brought forth accusations when he realized that the original distractions were not working. Hmm. When the distractions don't work, when you're saying no, 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 the enemy is gonna go back to what he knows. And the Bible tells me that the enemy is the accuser of the brethren. So he's gonna come at you with accusations. He's gonna come at you and tell you, you're not a good father. You're not a good mother. You're not worthy enough. Your past disqualifies you. You can't do it because you've committed too many sins. You made too many mistakes. You can't do it because of who you are. Accusation, accusation, accusation. One after another. But you know what? It's still just a distraction to get you off your focus. So all you gotta do is Freedom House. All you gotta do is Builder. All you gotta do is Nehemiah's because that exactly what you are is say, Devil, No, my answer is the same because I am doing a great work and I cannot come down from it. God is doing a great work within me and I am doing a great work in building the church. Devil, you are a liar. Go back to the pit of hell where you came from. You're barking up the wrong tree. You're wasting your time. You may be coming in here with all your schemes and all your lies, but I got wisdom, I got discernment, and I got focus. You get out of my life. I'm a child of God. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. I am purpose, and God chose me for this great work. Devil, get out of my life we are focused and we are builders come on give god a shout of praise stand to your feet come on give god glory let's sing this out thanks for joining us today we pray you were encouraged by this message show us your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our youtube channel at freedom house oc today see you next week